Door Is That Are Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide, is the game good by today's standards, and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Tetris and Dr. Mario for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Tetris and Dr. Mario is the story of the greatest game of all time having to share a cartridge with... Dr. Mario. Uh, come on now. <laughs> I, <sighs> I, uh, I am a big Tetris fan, and I um, was coming in prepared to hate Dr. Mario, and I actually had a better time with it than I thought I would. I wrote that intro before we even played a minute of this game, and uh, it maybe might not be true. Dr. Mario, you know, maybe it deserves to be on a cartridge with Tetris. I feel like... Dr. Mario is underrated. I will say this. I will say, you know, I um, I play a lot of Puyo Puyo Tetris on my Nintendo Switch, and I like Dr. Mario a whole lot better than I like Puyo Puyo, so it's got that going for it. So what what is Puyo Puyo Tetris's deal? How is it different than, like, normal Tetris? Like, it's it's a very similar setup to Tetris and Dr. Mario, which you have just Tetris, where you can go and play Tetris, mm-hmm. uh, single player or multiplayer. Then you have another puzzle game called Puyo Puyo, which is not completely dissimilar from uh, Dr. Mario, but you have like these little blobs that come in two sections and they're either the same color or multicolored. And when you connect, they drop to the bottom of the screen instead of being randomly dispersed throughout the screen. And when mm. you connect a few different ones, the same color, they disappear. So it's just an, another puzzle game. Is that like Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine? Um, yes, actually, I'm, I'm not an expert on Puyo Puyo or Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, but I actually think that I have read that they are the same game and it was just reskinned, uh, with a Sonic theme. (laughs) I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm pretty sure that that's an actual thing. Wow. That's funny. Yeah. I think I played like a minute of, uh, Puyo Puyo. Isn't it on the Switch online service? Uh, like an old school version of it, you yeah. Mean? Isn't like the Japanese version of Puyo Puyo on the Switch Online service? Oh man, I don't know. I, I think know. it is, and I think I played it for a few seconds to check if the text was in English or Japanese, and it was like this is like Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. The text was still in yes. Japanese, of course. But now that you say that, I <laughs> I have a recollection of of hearing that somewhere, probably on the internet. You can hear anything on the internet if you look long enough. <laughs> Uh, so you, you'd never really played Dr. Mario before this episode, have you? I think like when it first came out on the Switch Online service, I like, you know, I, I put in like a minute or two with every game just to see what it was all about. Yeah. And I remember when I was a little kid, my aunt had it on Game Boy, but I never could figure out what was going on. I was a little kid, didn't bother putting in the effort to figure it out. And so like... I know what it is. I've seen it, but I've never sat down like we sat down with it and played it for like an hour or two. Yeah. And do you understand why it's a great game now? Um, yeah. Even even though like you kicked my butt in it, I I do see the allure of it. My brain never got to the point where like I was able to see like the patterns and like the the get the speed that I wanted. But yeah. I kind of do want to like pull it up on the Switch Online service and and play some more. So you know that's that's a good sign as we jump into talking about these games that I um, didn't completely hate it and I want to play some more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that uh, instead of tackling the the two games separately, we'll kind of tackle them together for what they did well and what they didn't do so well. Because I don't even know how to break down individually. Um, each game's own merits. I mean, Tetris, I feel like everybody knows what it is. Dr. Mario, maybe less so, but, uh, do you just want to get into what this, uh, this game, this cartridge does well? Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. All right, for me, and this might seem kind of simplistic, but it is a, a the thing that stands out most to me is that you have two great games on one cartridge. 
It's funny because one of the things, the, the first thing that I have written down is two of the greatest puzzle games of all time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad we I agree mean, on this point. Yeah, I mean, it seems kind of silly, but it's, you know, it is what it is. You know, I love Tetris. I think I think you're right. Most people do know what Tetris is. You have these blocks that are made up of four squares, and they're arranged differently, and the point is to drop them to the bottom of the screen and eliminate lines, and you can do it in different combos to get more points. Uh, Dr. Mario is a game where there's these little viruses scattered all over the uh, screen and it's very, uh, poignant for 2020. You know, if you want to like take out your, your rage on 2020 and just, uh, spend all day destroying viruses, this is, this is the one for you. You got these little virus guys all over the screen and Mario is up there just like chucking pills. Maybe not the best, uh, doctor, just his, his, uh, his prescription for everything is just take more pills and these little pills drop and you you match the colors. And once you line up four of any color, it it kills the virus. And so, um, that is Dr. Mario. If you've never seen it before, that was the best description ever. And now you (laughs) know all about it. Maybe not the best doctor because he is involved in so many careers. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I did read on the internet again, going back to reading stuff on the internet that if it says doctor and you put the period after it, then that means like an official medical doctor and you can actually like get in trouble like legally for impersonating a medical doctor. But if it's DR and it doesn't have the period, then then you're not claiming to be a medical doctor. And I don't know if that's true, but I think Mario is in the clear here for not having a medical license because the official title does not have that period. Well, I saw on the Wikipedia page that the uh, the name is stylized with like D prescription R Mario. Yeah, like the RX yeah, the RX symbol. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know, but it's it's he's he how does he It is weird though. Yeah. How does he do everything? It's just so strange. Well, this is the thing though. At this point, you know, in this point in his career, he hasn't done as much as he has now in 2020. When did this game come out? Like the first Dr. Mario is like late 80s probably. Uh, Dr. Mario came out in North America, uh, October of 1990. Okay. 1990. I think by that point he had been like a, a monkey exterminator and, uh, he worked at a cement factory and he was a plumber. Of course, everyone knows him as a plumber and now he's a doctor. So he's, you know, he's starting to move up the ladder as far as occupations go. Actually, the uh, the day after this episode releases will be the 30th anniversary of Dr. Mario. That's perfect. It's almost like we planned it. <laughs> <laughs> that was not planned at all. The reason no. we're covering this game really is because I love Tetris and wanted to play Tetris. And yeah. I knew you had this version. So that's and why you we're didn't, playing it. But you, it, it does. Jordan wanted to play Tetris, but he failed to realize that I also own Tetris on the NES without Dr. Mario attached to it. So I appreciate But him. this was good. I appreciate him picking this version because I'm way better than him at Dr. Mario. He's a okay. He's possibly a little better than me at Tetris. He probably <laughs> he's less rusty at Tetris than me. That's what I'll say. I would say that (laughs) I kicked your butt in Tetris. I kicked your butt Uh, in Tetris. You kicked my butt in Dr. Mario. I'll give you that. I would say I won 90% of our matches in Dr. Mario, and you won probably 65 to 70% of the Tetris matches. I'm pretty sure I won every Tetris match where I didn't turn the speed up to nine and you were still on one. (laughs) Yeah, but you turned the speed up because you wanted more speed. So I got cocky. Yeah, that, that's on you. It wasn't because it was like, oh, I'm gonna make. I I need to make this more difficult so that Dan has a chance. It was like I want this to go a little faster. So that's your fault. This is actually it, it is my fault, and I admit I was being cocky. But this is actually a really good segue into my second point of what this game does well, and that is the multiplayer mix and match mode. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you have you can play multiplayer just Tetris. You can play multiplayer just Dr. Mario. That's all fine and good. But then there's this mix and match mode, which worked out really well because, you know, I was beating Dan in Tetris and he was beating me in Dr. Mario. And then you have mix and match mode where you go back and forth between the two. 
And we on, unfortunately, we only got to play two rounds of that, but it was perfect because I won one and Dan won one, and it was like the great equalizer. Yeah, and that's actually, I have a couple of, of points on, on what you just said. Uh, you said we only got to play a couple rounds. I have that time went by really quickly when we were playing this game with each other. Yeah. Like, just overall, um, the these two games just keep you engaged, especially when you're, like, playing against your friend. It was just like, all right, let's go again. All right, let's go again. All right, let's go again. All right. There's just so much fun, I don't know, just playing this game with a friend. Dude, you're... You are totally right. There are very few games. I can't think of another game that we've covered in the 50 plus episodes of this show where we've played for three and a half hours. And then I was like, what? Where did the time go? Yeah. Like we could have we could have played all night and uh, I I had a blast. Yeah. And the mixed match mode is is great. It kind of reminds me of almost like you'd find something like a, on an old video game game show or something where it's like it's changing the game like the Nintendo World Championships or something it's got this very short unfortunately mode where you're going back and forth between these two games and you're rushing and trying to get a higher score before the time runs out and it's uh it, it's it, i wish that i saw this more in games i guess but you actually can play a mode pretty similar to this in Puyo Puyo Tetris if you want to give that one a shot. But again, I don't think Puyo Puyo is as strong of a puzzle game as Dr. Mario. Yeah, for sure. It almost like there's challenges in like the Mega Man Legacy Collection where it'll like throw you into different sections of levels and like make you do all this stuff. And it almost it feels kind of addicting in the same way as that did, especially when you're like, I think you can play it against the computer. But like it's a lot of fun to just have to rush because you have to finish um, based on the I think the difficulty that you set for it. You have to finish like what is it Tetris mode B that has a certain height to it. You're trying to like knock out a certain number of lines, and then you start your uh, I think it's like the fourth or fifth level in Doctor Mario. You got to do all that, and then it'll throw you into another Tetris one, um, and so it feels really hectic. But you're just trying to accomplish like knocking out the the puzzles in a certain amount of time and i think you can only set it up to seven minutes uh as a max we played on five minutes yeah that's a really good point and it kind of ties into another point that i have about what this game does well and i thought that the multiplayer modes gave you a lot of cool customization options to tweak you do have uh like the a and b mode of tetris where a mode was just like go until somebody hits the top and loses Mm -hmm. and then the b mode was whoever can clear a certain number of lines in a specific amount of time so that was really interesting because when we played just go until somebody dies i was winning all of those pretty handily but once we switched to clear what was it 25 lines the fastest then it was like a real challenge and we were neck and neck on all of those it's definitely different strategy playing mode b on tetris where you're just you're focused more on sheerly getting lines taken care of instead of actually strategically building everything so it's like a different kind of stress but it's still fun yeah and then you both modes allow you both dr mario and tetris allow you to like handicap yourself so you can have one person playing at a certain speed in tetris or in dr mario you can have one person playing with a whole bunch of viruses on the screen and the other person can be at a lower speed or less viruses. And I thought it was a really easy and simple way to balance out the multiplayer mode. And I thought it was great. Yeah, especially in Dr. Mario when you were playing on a way lower level than I was and I was still beating you. I thought that that was great too. It just made me feel really good about myself. But it did allow me to actually <laughs> learn how to play the game and we were able to play together. So even though like we're playing against each other, you're still playing against yourself and playing against the puzzle. So it's fun, even though I couldn't compare to your skill level in Dr. Mario. I still had fun because I was able to learn the game and play against the puzzle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, the next thing that I have is the music. I really like all of, well, I, both of the Dr. Mario tracks are amazing. Like the standard Tetris track is amazing couple of the tetris choices are less than great you know they're they're fine but the music in this these two games is really good ah i mean okay here's the thing you're totally right both games have an iconic soundtrack like that one track that is just perfect and it defines the game okay so you're right 
it has that track. But the other tracks, like Tetris's B and C option tracks, not great. I did like the, like, after you end a game and you're at, like, the score screen, there was a nice, relaxing little tune that played for a few bars. Like, the music wasn't bad, but um, playing like Tetris 99 now and being able to unlock all the different themes and hearing all the different music like this soundtrack really doesn't compare or you look at a game like Tetris Effect where like the entire game is based around like this huge soundtrack and like all of like the ambiance that comes with it so as far as like Tetris games go um I don't know that it's really like a great soundtrack but you do have that iconic Tetris theme and that iconic Dr. Mario theme and as far as listening to one song over and over, those aren't bad options. <laughs> well, Dr. Mario has two options, and I love them both. It's like, it's so strange because the last time we talked about the music in Excite Bike, which is like, I don't know, a total of 20 seconds <laughs> for the entire soundtrack. Yeah. Um, Dr. Mario has a, 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 you know, there's only two songs, but I, it's one of my. I don't know. I, I can't really say like Dr. Mario's soundtrack is one of my favorites, but like I feel like those are two of my favorite old school chip tunes of all time. See, I, I wouldn't have been able to like tell you what the Dr. Mario theme song was before playing this game. But then when we heard it, I think both tracks actually I recognized from Super Smash Bros. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I have heard these. These are good songs. Actually, the, there's a title screen track, too. That's really good for Dr. Mario. But there you go. yeah, I love, I just, I love, I think secretly I, I, Dr. Mario might be one of my favorite retro games. I just think that I don't think about it that often, but I've gone through periods in my life where I've been obsessed with Dr. Mario. It's a great game. <laughs> well, I, I think that your relationship with Dr. Mario is pretty similar to my own relationship with Tetris. No, I think you're more obsessed with Tetris than I am with Dr. Mario. Especially that's if you, probably true. If you can tolerate Tetris 99, that's incredible. You must really love Tetris. I can't just tolerate it. That game is amazing. And it's, Dan, I, I uh, didn't want to spring this on you until now, but you were actually going up against a professional Tetris player because uh, as of yesterday, <laughs> I have actually... I've actually won $38 in competitive Tetris. So um, (laughs) there's this new app, like the official uh, mobile app of Tetris. Um, It's just called Tetris. But they have this game every single night at 9 p.m. called Tetris Primetime where you can log on and play. There's usually about 10,000 people playing. And for every, like, level or wave that you survive, you win an entry towards, like, actual cash prizes. So I've won a whole bunch of like one, two dollar prizes, but one time I won a $25 prize. So I've won $38 playing Tetris primetime over the last month or two. Jordan, I'm glad that in the most literal way possible, your Tetris skills are paying off for you. They are. I know all of these hours that I've thrown into Tetris 99 and Puyo Puyo Tetris are really paying off. (sighs) I can't with Tetris 99. I've been trying to since you like it so much. I'm like, there's got to be something here but the more i try the more i just want to play super mario 35 which is also great and i i'm pretty terrible at it but i still have a fun time with it tetris 99 definitely has some interesting uh, different strategies that aren't just like the way that you would play if you were playing by yourself and it's not the way you'd play on like tetris primetime yeah but um i love it it's well in tetris primetime are you playing against 98 other people or no um, you're all playing at the same time, but you're not throwing garbage. It's not like normal battle mode Tetris where you're throwing garbage at each other. So it's like competitive Tetris that you find on YouTube. Um, every, so everybody's getting the same pieces and, uh, there's just like different waves. So it's usually broken up between like five and eight different waves. And, uh, for every wave you survive, you're winning entries towards a cash prize. Mm. Mm. The last thing that I have about Tetris and Dr. Mario that I like, back to the game, uh, is the customizable difficulty. We touched on this a little bit, but when you're playing against the computer, you can um, you know, go easy, medium, or hard. You can choose your wave. You can choose, like I think it's in mode B, you can choose the starting height of the, the map, the puzzle, uh, and the speed 
And then Dr. Mario, you can choose the speed and the wave that you start on. And so uh, I like that it really allows you to customize how hard you want the game to be or how easy you want the game to be. Yep. It was a a really good way to toggle the difficulty, to uh, balance out the handicaps, and just to give you a different... You're not playing the exact same game over and over. I was like, all right, what if we started the game with half the screen already covered in garbage? And that was an interesting challenge that I haven't actually seen in another version of Tetris that I've played. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jordan, that is all that I have. Do you have anything else that you thought the game did well? That's it for me. Let's move on to what the game doesn't do so well. All right, Jordan, the first thing that I have uh, that the game doesn't do so well is uh, the sticky pieces in Tetris. I feel like the the pieces, part of the reason why you were winning some games was because I would really screw myself with one piece not turning the way I wanted it to. It felt like the the frames were a couple, uh, the time you had to move the piece was a little bit shorter and the pieces would get stuck in a way that you didn't, you didn't want them to. I just, I wasn't used to that. This game does not feel like modern Tetris. In modern Tetris, you can kind of keep spinning the piece as long as you want. Like it can be touching the bottom of the screen or the the top of your like uh, build of all your pieces, and you can keep rotating it and kind of like juggle it across the the screen. You cannot do that in this game. As soon as your piece touches another piece or touches the bottom, it's like frozen in place, and it's very jarring if you are coming to this from modern Tetris. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's one of those things where like a lot of people, you think that they're making excuses when they play games like, Oh, this other version, I'm really good at it. I swear I'm good at this game. But like, this is one of those cases where it's like, Oh no, that's a legit thing where you're just not used to how this game of Tetris feels. It's just, it feels a little bit wrong. Um, which plays into another point that I have, which is it's lacking the quality of life features. You can't hold pieces uh, and there's no like guide at the bottom where your piece is going to drop. So sometimes you'll drop it in the wrong spot if you're not careful. So I feel like you can't really like play this game of Tetris, this version of Tetris, the way that you are used to, or the way that you really want to, um, the way that standard Tetris is these days. Yeah. For, um, throughout the years, Tetris has gotten a lot of quality of life features, just little changes that have made the game a little bit more strategic or a little bit just easier to play. You mentioned the ghost piece is what it's normally called, where it shows you at the bottom of the screen where it would be if you just dropped it straight down, which is super helpful. You don't have to spend time looking at the top of the screen. Um, they, they don't have the hold piece. So if you get a, a nice long piece that you want to save for later, you can't. You're just stuck. You have to use it. Uh, you also, uh, there's this weird thing where if you're trying to turn a piece near the wall, a lot of times it won't go. And I think that's called like wall bounce or it's called something like that. I'm not like the, the texture Tetris expert or anything. But that was kind of funky. <laughs> You've won $38. What do you mean? You're not an expert. I'm not an expert. I'm just a professional. <laughs> and I did say at a holiday Inn express one time. What? Okay. There's another thing that's kind of strange about this uh, version of Tetris. And it was definitely what the game did poorly for me. And that is that the Tetronimos, like the little pieces themselves, Instead of always being the same color, every time you move up a level, they get a whole new uh, color palette. And so one of the things as like a Tetris player that I do anyway, is I don't really look at the shape of the pieces, but the color of the pieces. And in this version, you can't do that. Did you call them Tetrominoes? Yeah, Tetronimos. I, okay, to me... They're all tetraminos? Um, tetraminos is what I think that they're called. <laughs> it might be tetraminos, but it's like dominoes, tetranimos, tetraminos. I have no clue, man. Uh, if, if you've gotten through 50 plus episodes of this podcast and you don't realize that I don't know what I'm talking about 90% of the time, then I don't know what to tell you. Uh, anyways... Uh, Do you think it's te- tetraminos? Yeah, that's what I th- I I've never really thought too hard about it, but yeah, I've always read that word tetraminos. Yeah, you're probably right. That sounds so much better. <laughs> tetraminos. <laughs> Tetram. That doesn't even make sense. I don't know why I said that. It's all right. <laughs> 
We can all, you know, it's a good, it's a good character trait to just admit when you're wrong. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. Anyway, they change colors. The Tetraminos do, and I don't like that. Well, I think so. What happens? Because I was paying attention to it after you pointed it out. Is I think as you go up in levels, the as they settle, the color changes, but they still come from the top of the screen as the same color. Cause no, I fe- I f- no. Yes, I'm true. pretty. I'm pretty sure that the the long pieces were always red, no matter what level I was on. I feel like they were always red, but when you set them down, they change colors. I think is how it actually went. Uh, oh man, now you're making me second guess myself. There was Usually. there was some funky <laughs> stuff. There was some funky stuff with the colors. They're definitely different than the modern colors, and uh, I was I was struggling a little bit at first. But then I did kind of figure it out later, so I wonder if maybe you're right. There was definitely something funky with the colors, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it was jarring when you change levels and the whole thing changes colors. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just like it's weird uh, and, and adds maybe more stress to the game because you're like, oh, it's it's different. What, what happened? Went up a level. Which... You usually get that in Tetris as like you get closer to the top of the screen, the music speeds up and yeah. it starts to feel yeah. more hectic. And this version does that too, which I like that, but it definitely like makes you start to panic a little bit. Yeah. Or the constant stress in tet- Tetris 99 when it's like, watch out, watch out. And I'm like, watch out for what, what what's happening? What? Oh, oh, I'm dead because garbage four turns in a row. Thank you, Tetris. All right. That is... That actually is a perfect transition into my last thing that I have for Tetris anyway of what the game doesn't do well. Just Tetris and 99 is, in general? No. In Tetris 99 and in a lot of modern battle multiplayer Tetris games, what happens when you clear lines is you throw garbage at your opponent. So when I clear lines, um, depending on how good of a combo it was, it takes a few garbage lines and puts them at the bottom of my opponent's screen which is the way that you know you fill up their screen and you kill them. In Tetris 99 and modern Tetris, a lot of times when the garbage is getting thrown at you, it fills up a meter that doesn't release the garbage onto your screen until you have dropped a few pieces of your own. So you have a turn or two or three to, um, to clear some lines, which then reduces that garbage meter. You won't be sending garbage at your opponent, but you're stopping the garbage from coming onto your screen. In this game, there is no garbage meter. There's just a slight delay, and then the garbage comes onto your screen. I'm not sure if clearing lines actually lowers the amount of garbage that's coming to you, or if you can negate the garbage, because you don't have a meter that's showing you how much garbage is coming and when it's coming. And I that was a downside to me of the multiplayer in this game. I don't know if the garbage meter is an exclusive thing to Tetris 99 or not. Uh, I feel like it's a valid point because, you know, we judge these games by today's standards and obviously it's a modern feature in modern Tetris, but I feel like it's necessary in Tetris 99. Whereas if you're playing one other person, you don't have 90 people throwing garbage at you trying to get you out of the game in 15 seconds. Um, like I've had the experience of happening. Uh, (laughs) but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a fair point, but I I don't know if it's ever been in any other Tetris game as a feature besides Tetris 99. So it definitely is a more modern feature. You do have not the exact same system, but a very similar system in Puyo Puyo Tetris, where you do see that garbage is coming at you, and by clearing your own lines, you reduce the amount of garbage or completely eliminate it. So that is... Uh, I don't know when that started coming. I haven't played... Um, I haven't played enough of the other versions of Tetris like to know when that started being a thing, but it's definitely a, a big quality of life feature that modern Tetris games have that this one does not. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if I would want that, though. I mean, yes and no. <laughs> like, There's something to it because it feels really good in this game when you get a bunch of garbage, you get eight lines of garbage, and then you have two long pieces, and you send all of that garbage back to the other person. Yeah, that's that's how that's how Tetris multiplayer works. I know. I'm just saying it's it's almost. I, well, I don't know. I guess it's it's not really. <laughs> I like the mystery of it. Surprise. <laughs> so 
here's the thing when it comes to Dr. Mario. I don't know enough about Dr. Mario to know what this version of Dr. Mario does poorly. For me, like this is the only version that I've really played and it seemed like I don't know what else I would really change about it other than like, I don't know, making myself better at it. So for you as somebody who's played a lot of Dr. Mario, maybe you can give us more insight into what it didn't do so well. So I, ha- I don't have a ton of experience with like super modern, not even super modern. I don't have a ton of experience with like Dr. Mario 64 or like many of the later versions of Dr. Mario. But um, if, if this version of Dr. Mario is what you expect out of classic Dr. Mario, uh, it just kind of is what it is. Um, so I don't know. I Other than like Dr. Mario World, on you know smartphones i don't think there's really a lot different in the different versions of dr mario uh it kind of like tetris there's just not really like a ton of difference in old school tetris versus new school tetris it's just yeah it's pretty much what it is with a few slight changes um so yeah i had no complaints about this version of dr mario it just was what i was used to so The one thing that stands out to me from Dr. Mario that I was not a fan of was when you cleared a combo, and similar to in Tetris, when you clear a combo, it throws garbage. In Dr. Mario, when you clear multiple viruses in a row, then it throws like garbage pill pieces onto your opponent's screen. And the one thing that I didn't like about that is in Tetris, that's instant, and you can just keep playing, and now your stack's a little bit taller. In Dr. Mario, when garbage got thrown onto my screen, I had to wait until it fell all the way down and hit the bottom of the screen before I could keep playing. And that, if you got multiple of those in a row, you could be sitting there for five, six seconds just waiting. And yeah, that's definitely a tactic, and you're being rewarded for clearing a combo, but I didn't like how long it took me to be able to respond and to get back into the game when you were throwing garbage at me. Yeah, I almost feel like the punishment for uh, the other player is equal to the difficulty that it takes to pull off the combos. Because the combos are not really that easy to do in Dr. Mario. You really, you really, No. They're not hard, but you have to be really strategic about it. It's not like Tetris where it's everything is like obvious. Um, because Dr. Mario's everything's color coded and so and it's randomized. So it's like it's hard it's a harder uh I don't want to I mean I don't know that Dr. Mario is harder than Tetris. But I feel like it's harder to for pattern recognition purposes than Tetris is. And so for it to take forever for the garbage to drop down in your screen and you not to be able to play I feel like because it's a little bit harder to do that, maybe it it's okay. Maybe it's not really a problem. I mean, I understand it's frustrating to sit there for like, I don't know, literally like six seconds before you can do anything, but I feel like it's it's well-deserved. I, I kind of agree with you. It definitely is. I mean, for me, I don't know if it's my skill level or what, but it was way harder to pull off those, even like a two- virus combo was hard but like when you would pull together like a three or four virus combo um you know i that was really hard for you to pull off and so it makes sense that i have to sit there and and watch the pills fall very slowly one after the other so i kind of see that um but just from like a both of these games feel like very high speed and especially when you get like down to the end and you only have a couple more viruses to clear um you can like really feel like the i don't know it's like that runner's high, I guess, like the gamer's high where you're like just in the zone. You're in the zone and you're trying to do, you're flipping everything and you're trying to get everything in place. And then all of a sudden you have this like gut punch where you can't do anything for like five or six seconds. And it just, it really, it feels like the punishment is is huge. And I, maybe it's just because I wasn't as good as you. And so I was getting it more often, but man, that was the, that was like looking back on it. That's the only thing that like made me feel like, not like it wasn't fair, but like it was like the one thing that like made me not have a great time because I was just like, I don't know. I didn't love it. I didn't love that part of it. I mean, it adds one small element of it actually being a versus mode instead of just a race. You know, it's like yeah. in, in Tetris, your stuff actually affects the other player very often. Whereas in Dr. Mario, like it's only when you get combos, uh, which are 
<laughs> anything I did beyond like a two pill combo was probably accidental. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I that same same here. <laughs> but yeah, it. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like I'm okay with it. Well, I don't have anything else. So, do you have anything else? I think we can move on. All right, let's do it. All right, Jordan. So, what would you pay for the experience that you had with this uh, this Super Nintendo version of these games? All right. Um, I did have a good time. I think this is a good collection. Um, definitely not my favorite version of Tetris, but as the night went on, I had, you know, I got used to the limitations of it and I had a good time. Like I said, three and a half hours passed super fast and I have not really had that experience with all of the other games that we've played. So I feel like this game is easily worth $15. Wow. $15. That is like a hundred for you. (laughs) <laughs> it's not the most I've ever said on this show, but it's definitely in the top, uh, you know, 30% of my answers for sure. 30% is probably the top 10%. I feel like the highest you've ever said was like for NFL Blitz, which, man, there's a good question. What would you, what would you rather, would you rather have a copy of Tetris Dr. Mario or NFL Blitz? Um, NFL Blitz because NFL Blitz is its own thing and I've got a hundred version of Tetris to play. Well, no, if you if you Desert Island. Tetris or NFL Desert Blitz Island? with your friend, Dan. Oh, Desert Island, I would prefer Tetris and Dr. Mario because uh yeah, no, I would because you can play yourself, you can play the puzzle, you can play your friend. Um I love NFL Blitz, but if I'm only taking one of these two cartridges, I'm taking Tetris Dr. Mario. <laughs> yeah, uh for me, I feel wow, I feel like I'm I'm right with you $15. I feel like that's where I'm at on this. Um That's rare. Yeah, that is insanely rare. Has that has that ever happened in the history of the podcast where the game wasn't um, like complete garbage? Like $2. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. We have agreed before on a low price. It's I don't know that we've ever agreed <laughs> Fifteen dollars is not a high price. Fifteen dollars? It's high price for you. It's like average for me. Fifteen dollars for a retro game? Yeah. That's a high price. Yeah. You need to stop being surprised at my <laughs> answers for what retro games are worth. I feel like it's firmly established at this point. I feel like it's not because you've been coming up lately. You've been like creeping more towards like ten dollars and like now you're saying fifteen. I'm like what is happening here? I feel a real long streak of $2 coming soon. <laughs> I've been trending downwards and you've been trending upwards. We were Maybe we're, we'll find a nice happy medium. Yeah, like $45 on average maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do you think this one is going for on eBay? Oh, man, I really have no idea. I'm going to say $18. That's uh, That's pretty much it. It's uh, nice. Yeah, price charting had it like fifteen to twenty for the. I think there's like a player's choice version and then like a regular version, and those are like fifteen to twenty. Uh, eBay had this one, I think, trending about twenty dollars. Uh, you're dead on for the PAL price, eighteen bucks. Our, our nice. The PAL region gets to uh, you know, not get the 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 thirty percent PAL tax on this one, so that's nice. I know. This is great. They're they're starting to get some reasonable games here. Yeah. So wait, yeah. real quick. Player's Choice version is that like uh like a reissue, like a Nintendo Selects or like Game of the Year kind of thing or something? The Player's Choice is like the greatest hits sort of like million seller. We're like putting out a cheap version of it, like the uh, like the Green Label PS One games kind of a thing. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, not not terribly expensive. Uh, I gotta say, worth it on this one. Yeah, if I said fifteen, I I'm not gonna bat an eye at eighteen. You said fifteen to twenty, even yeah, right. So I yeah. mean, that's right at there. Fifteen. I'll wait around, wait for it to drop to fifteen. Maybe find one with a little scuff on the label or something. Yeah, I gotta say, worth yeah. it as well. 
For sure, for sure. Not that anybody is surprised. Not that anybody is surprised after <laughs> listening to us for the last 45 minutes or whatever talk about how much we like this game. I don't think anyone's surprised that we're going to say worth it on yeah. this one. Well, I mean, it's it's Tetris and it's Dr. Mario. Like, Yeah. What else? And it might, you know, it might not be the best version of Tetris, but I mean, I am still kind of shocked that we played this for three and a half hours before I realized how much time had passed. I still want to play it more. Yeah. Yeah. We we should do this again when I'm like not rusty at Tetris and I can actually put you in your place. Um, I like that you actually like we're playing Tetris 99 and like trying to like brush up, getting ready. I actually thought about turning on Dr. Mario and like trying to get good myself, but uh, I didn't even bother. See, the Tetris 99 actually wasn't fully like, I got to get ready. It was more of like... Tetris was on my mind. You really liked the game. We were playing, you know, Tetris Dr. Mario. It wasn't purely like, I got to beat my friend. Maybe there was a little bit of it, but I was like genuinely trying to give Tetris 99 an honest try. I I want to believe you because I don't want to assume that my friend is a liar, but I also know too much about your competitive spirit to fully believe you on that. I'll say 25% of it was motivated by 25 to 30% was motivated by right. trying to like beat my friend but like the vast majority of it wasn't if i if i was really concerned about beating you i probably would have been playing tetris every single day up <laughs> leading up to the episode which I, I just wasn't i wasn't i think i've been playing a lot of mario 35 and like i was like all right well let me see this other free to play thing how that is i don't know it was i was all right sorely disappointed in tetris 99 that's all i'll say about that uh i can't relate i just i can't relate in fact jordan i'll go so far to say as of the time that we're recording tetris 99 is uh the in my opinion the worst version of tetris that i've ever played or the version of tetris that i've liked the least wow um okay all right all right you're allowed to say it's the one that you liked the least. You can't say it's the worst version because that's just ignorant. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, do we have trivia this week, Jordan? We do. We do. We actually have a Tetris trivia and a Dr. Mario trivia. Which one do you want first? Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. Tetris. Let's go Tetris. All right, Tetris. This one comes from at we. It's me on Instagram. <laughs> Yes. All right. So the the main question is, how did Tetris get its iconic name? And I'm going to give you a little bit of hint here. Uh, It's a combination of the the Greek prefix tetra. So tetra means four in Greek. And what other word? So it's tetra, which means four, because every block is made up of four little pieces. And what other word? And I just have two choices for you here. Is it Paris? which is Alexei Pajitnov, the guy who made Tetris, that's his favorite city, or is it tennis, Alexei Pajitnov's favorite sport? Interesting. Uh, City or sport? Wow. Yep, it's Tetra mixed with Paris or Tetra mixed with tennis. (sighs) That is so strange. I can't, I'm trying to like logic through yeah, both of these cuz like I'm trying to think if tennis makes any sense cuz it's yeah. not it's not really tennis in nature at all. No. Which makes me think the answer is tennis. Yes, you are correct. The answer is <laughs> tennis. At least tennis is a game, so you are correct. Sorry, at we, it's me. You did not stump Dan, but we'll still send you a sticker in the mail for contributing to the show. Now, Jordan, our second question. Oh yeah, yeah. The reason that I went with tennis is because I wanted to go with Paris. <laughs> oh, and I've learned see, Paris. I've learned from these trivia segments to go with the thing that I think it isn't. <laughs> see, I picked Paris as a fake answer because I thought maybe like, well, you're using blocks to like build something, uh, and and like the the OG version of Tetris, you have like the um, Russian buildings in the background. So I thought maybe I could trick you with that. Okay. No, but you're correct. It's it's Tetra and tennis combined. All right. Second question is about Dr. Mario. It comes from our good friend at Shiffish. Shiffish. The prototype of Dr. Mario originally had a different title. 
What was it called? Was it called A, pandemic, B, virus, C, pharmacy, or D, Bun Bun Mario Battle Hospital? <laughs> you mean Vroom Vroom Hospital? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vroom Vroom Dr. Mario BS, which is like is <laughs> the Japanese name or something. Um, I feel like virus is like somewhere in my brain is what this was what this was called. So I'm going to go with the virus. You are correct again. You're on a roll, Dan. Virus was the original working title for the prototype of Dr. Mario. So Shiffish and We It's Me both got stumped, but we will send you guys some stickers in the mail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like uh, for my streak of losses, I now need to get about 15 in a row right to redeem myself. Yeah. You're going to have 15 in a row right, and I'm going to say the next 15 games are worth $2, and the world we put back into alignment... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Jordan, moving on to our October bounty. Uh, we have a Extreme Sports Timber winner, finally. Yes, yeah. We asked you guys, what is your favorite Extreme Sports game? And our winner of our Tony Hawk 1-2 uh, and two bundle giveaway is <laughs> Scott Ritchie. Scott Ritchie is our winner, and his favorite export, Extreme export Stream game? Extreme Sports game was Heavy Shredding on the NES. That's so interesting because I've never heard anybody talk about this game before. So maybe I'll have to check it out. Heavy Shredding. It's a it's a snowboarding game. I actually I I could, I'm looking at the picture of it and I kind of feel like either I had this as a kid or like one of my friends had this. Somebody that I know had this and I like have vague memories of this game. Yeah, I feel like I actually maybe see this game often at the retro game store that I like to go to. Um, but. Yeah, I feel like I can see the artwork in my head, but I just have never heard anybody say anything about this game, so maybe it's worth playing. Maybe it's worth it. It paid off for Scott Ritchie, who is now the proud owner of uh, Tony Hawk 1 and 2, which is your favorite extreme sports game, Dan. And so, Scott, we will reach out, reach not reach out to you, that bleh, we will reach <laughs> out to you and uh, send you that digital code. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, our October bounty. Uh, we are going to be giving away actually the game that we're covering next episode. Uh, in honor of Halloween, we're giving away a Super Nintendo copy of Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Um, nice. Yeah, and to win that game, you have to. Well, there's there's two there's two things you can do to enter this one. Uh, you can let us know your your favorite Halloween game, or you can get a second entry by uh, recommending a November episode, since those episodes that we do in November are going to be community-focused episodes. And if we have multiple of the same ideas, we're going to kind of vote on it and sort of that whole thing. So submit an idea for one of the two episodes that we're doing in November, and you can win a copy of uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. So there you go. You can win a copy of Zombies Ate My Neighbor for Super Nintendo, and all you have to do to be entered in the drawing is send us a message on Twitter or Instagram. You have two ways that you can earn entries. You can actually earn two entries. Let us know what your favorite Halloween game is, and uh, let us know what you want to see us cover in November. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter by looking for at W-I-O-W podcast, or you can send us an email at Worth it or worthless podcast at gmail.com. Other than the bounty, we've got a couple of other things to touch on. We're still working on Discord. Hopefully, by the time the second October episode comes out, we will have that ready for you guys. Uh, I've got a lot of fun ideas for it, and we're also going to use it to maybe give you guys some more bounty entries as well and things of that nature. So, hopefully, um, we're still working on it, and uh, that'll be done soon. Uh, other than that, Jordan, do you have anything else that you would like to talk about before we wrap up the show with our music segment? I think that's going to do it for today. All right. For today's music segment, we have a track from Super Mario World called Underwater by Hellant. It's off of his new album, Super Lo-Fi World 2, which just came out a few weeks ago, and it's really good. Um, we've played his stuff before on the show, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, I think that that is going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.
under. Why can't I talk today? Why can't I think? Why do I never know what I'm going to say? <sighs> I hope you guys enjoy it and thank you. Oh my gosh, Jordan, what am I trying to say? <laughs> I literally, for the fine. last 10 minutes, have no idea what I've been trying to say. You're gosh. fine. <sighs> I'm just. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, I'm too frustrated to even talk now. My brain just shut off. All right, guys, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Uh, it's not going to work. All right, guys, for today's music segment. Do it, Jordan. I can't do it. Just come, just come back and drop it in later. I can't do it. <laughs>